Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And we're back. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Thank you for joining us. We're back. It's been a while. Back and ready and rolling. Ready to go. Can't wait. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you tonight. I am Boogie Bumper, hopefully with you for the next hour or so. Thank you so much for remembering where we are. (laughs) Thank you so much for remembering where to go. What a week. Where have I been? I have been to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth securing the most pointless, inane rubbish over the internet in order to present to you in a somewhat amusing manner, which is slightly more engaging than doing absolutely nothing. That's what I've been doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, if you haven't been keeping up, had to take last week off because they were turning electricity off every five minutes. There was power sores and all kinds of shit going here, but the tradies have cleared out. They're gone. They're, they've been done away with. Their work has been completed to a somewhat respectable standard, although there are little touch-ups here and there. Of course. Of course. Which are still required, so... Uh, I am going to have to get a couple of them back in. Who would have Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? But nonetheless, we'll struggle through. Thanks so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there. Hope you've had a lovely week. I certainly did, although I did miss you all very much. Very much indeed. So we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We've got lots to get through. Plenty of stuff to get through. Um, We're going to be bringing back tonight what the fuck is going on in Florida ahead of the president's rally tomorrow in Orlando. Orlando. In Orlando, Florida. So ahead of the president going into Florida. And I don't know if he should be warned about what's happening in Florida right now. So we've got people having sex with inanimate, uh, inanimate objects. And a Father's Day special that you won't want to miss. (laughs) Something that's going to make you love your family even more. Also going to head over to London. Check in with the Tories over there. The Conservative leadership spill. The campaigning is non-stop and in full swing. Thank you for the sparkles. The sparkles. The 33 coins. Thank you very much. Be nice to my Florida. I'm afraid we can't be nice to Florida today, Beth. (laughs) It's not going to be one of those shows. There's too much fun stuff going on in Florida. But above all else, it's great to be back. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to send me Florida man stories, which a lot of people have been doing in the week that I was away, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. And don't forget, if you'd like to join in the show, call in. Uh, just head over to the Discord, join the waiting room. 
and we'll drag you right on onto the talkie channel. So thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully it's not too late for y'all. I noticed UK Neil said the sun is just coming up. Yes, but four o'clock in the morning. I mean, the sun's going to go down at two o'clock in the afternoon anyway, so don't worry about it. But I hope it's not too late for you East Coasters. Let's rock and roll. Let's get into it. I want to start off by giving you a little update of what's happening in Europe before we get to America and more local issues. Now, this guy, (laughs) this chap, his name is Rory Stewart. And if you aren't aware of Rory Stewart, he previously made a career on the cover of Mad Magazine (laughs) as Alfred E. Newman. Look at that. My, what a handsome devil. So in the conservative leadership spill, a whole bunch of people nominated, double the amount of Democrats that want to run for president, by the way. Uh, There are conservatives running for the prime ministership of the UK, and this chap was one of them. In the initial count, three people got knocked out because they didn't make the minimum amount of votes to carry through to the next round of voting. This guy got just the minimum amount. So of the people remaining in the race, he got the worst possible number. He was the lowest possible vote count. But what this guy has going for him, or at least what he thinks he has going for him, is the fact that he's a big favourite of the current Prime Minister, Theresa May, and apparently a big favourite of the media too, because he didn't want to leave. He didn't want Brexit. So I was watching, I don't know, how many of you were watching the Sky News coverage of the conservative spill? I noticed a couple of names in there, but put your hand up if you're watching it. It was a Boris Bashathon and a Let's Pump Up Rory Stewart-a-thon at the same time, simultaneously. Oh, Rory Stewart. He's so young and charming. He's a breath of fresh air. You know, Theresa May, big fan of Rory. Mr. Stewart, is it true that Theresa May has personally handpicked you to be her successor? Well, I'm not going to go into that, but obviously myself and the Prime Minister have worked very closely on a number of deeply important issues over the years. But look at this. Is this the guy that you would want running the UK? I don't normally go into the looks things, right? Because, let's be honest, I'm not the most handsome man myself. So... I'm not going to hang a guy for that. But can you trust a face like this? <laughs> can you trust this guy? To me, this is the face of an accountant when the company is going bankrupt and he's stealing all of the company's money. He turns to you as the company owner and says, no, don't be silly. The company is in a great standing financially. Don't be silly. I would never have sex with your wife. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Can you trust a guy like this? Holy cow. Conservative leadership hopeful Rory Stewart ramped up his attack on Boris Johnson today, accusing the race frontrunner of making different promises to different parts of the Tory party. It came as a new poll revealed Mr. Johnson is the clear favourite among Conservative Party members with Mr. Stewart trailing in last place. On the night of the vote, so I think Johnson got like 130 or maybe 113, something around there. He got about 30 more than he was expected to. And this chap, 
this delightful young chap, Mr. Stewart, got about 19 votes. And he was being interviewed on Sky News saying, I'm going to take the fight right up to Boris Johnson. And if Boris Johnson thinks that he can close the doors of Parliament House, I was looking for the clip. I wish I could have found it, but I couldn't find it. If Boris Johnson thinks he's going to close the doors of Parliament House, then myself and the other MPs will have our own session of Parliament across the street. (laughs) We will resist Boris Johnson. I thought, who the fuck is this guy? Dude, you're coming in last place. You got the least amount of votes of anybody still in the race. But it's like, I'm the man. I will resist Boris Johnson. We will hold our own session of Parliament outside Parliament House. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to see this guy, Rory Stewart, just sitting on a lawn chair out the front of Westminster on his own? (laughs) Just sitting there with a little European flag. (laughs) You cannot ignore me forever, Mr. Johnson. The people have spoken. The people have spoken. He wants a coalition with the Brexit party as well. Seriously, he doesn't know what he wants. He has no idea what he wants. I caught a little bit of him on LBC, a London-based radio station, the other day. Thought you might enjoy this. Check it out. You said you spoke to conservative associations across the country and, quote, when you ask them, do you really, and I don't want to make this too personal, but do you really feel that this is the person, talking about Boris Johnson, that you want engaging with the detail of the future of your health and education system? Is this the person you want writing the instructions to the nuclear submarines? I trust Conservative members to arrive at the correct answer. My question to you is, would you trust Boris Johnson writing the instructions to the nuclear submarines? I think, Eddie, one of the... I'm avoiding your question. I'm going to duck your question. It's a question you're asking other people to consider. That's true. And it's not not me that's going to make that decision. It's the Conservative members going to make that decision. Well, you're one of them. Why won't you (laughs) ask... This guy, it's... I have no idea why he's being promoted by the media. When I was watching that Sky News interview with him and all the bombast and all the hyperbole, I put in the chat like how to lose a leadership spill in 10 minutes it was an absolute train wreck of an interview but this guy is apparently this is the one that they tell us handles the media so well oh he's unfallible he's unflappable he cannot be displaced he cannot be pushed off a point so he's committed the number one politics interview fail that is asking questions of other people that you refuse to answer yourself (laughs) Can you really trust a man like Boris Johnson with the nuclear power codes? Can you really trust a man like Boris Johnson to do what's best for the environment and education? Well, good question, Mr. Stewart. I'll ask you the same thing. Can you trust Boris Johnson with the nuclear codes, environment and education? Well, I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) No, there's a difference. I'm asking other people to consider it. I'm not going to consider it. That's not for me to decide. <laughs> the question you're posing. Well, Eddie, I'm standing. And what I mean by standing, standing. is that I believe that I am the person ah. who is best suited to take Britain through this crisis. Right. You can't say that. whether you trust Boris Johnson to write the instructions to the nuclear submarines, a question you yourself have posed of others. Because you're asking me to criticise my opponent in the race, and I think it would be unjustified. I'm asking you to give an opinion on a question you yourself have asked. Eddie, implicit in it is that 
I believe, and I... You're, you're asking me to criticise my opponent in the race. I'm asking other people to criticise Boris Johnson in the race. Don't you see the difference here? Don't you see the very nuanced difference? I'm asking other people to throw shit at Mr. Johnson. I'm not going to throw shit at Mr. Johnson. I'm above that kind of politics. It's not for me to say. <laughs> what a fuckwit. <laughs> Just say it, man. I have to say this without sounding too arrogant, that I would make a better prime ah. minister. Do you trust him Boris. or not? That's, that's why, On that that's point why I'm that standing. you raised. So, Eddie, the, the uh, question uh, of uh, whether or not... Uh, 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 the Conservative members will trust Boris Johnson is up for them. Yes. Well, what about but you? I feel very strongly <laughs> that people should trust me. Even and though you won't answer you, a question you've posed. <laughs> Eddie, let, let me try this again. Uh, you, you're tempting me to continue to attack my opponent. No, I'm rest. tempting you. <laughs> it must be said to, I love the polite way that this is done in Britain. See, in America right now, if this guy was on Hannity or something like that, you know, it'd be, why can't you, why can't you answer the question? The American people demand to know the truth. Are you afraid, sir? Are you afraid to answer your own goddamn question? What the hell is it? You know, it'd be, ah! They'd shoot each other probably if television hasn't lied to me. <laughs> I just assume somebody would get shot at some point. But in Britain, Eddie just lets him go. Yes, but what do you think, Mr. Stewart? Well, I, I just want, I want people to trust me. But you can't even answer your own question, Mr. Stewart. Which actually reminds me of something. Let me see if I can find you something here, just quickly on the fly. Something very funny from uh, a previous campaign in Europe, in Britain, sorry. Hopefully I can bring it up. It was a UK, it was a radio interview with the UK Greens leader. Okay, I think this might be it. The third key theme is the Greens will ensure everyone has a secure, affordable place to yes. live. How would that be brought about? Well, a couple of things. Now, so this is Natalie Bennett. A woman who once said that all white men should be castrated. She's the Greens leader in the UK. She's being asked questions about her Greens party policies in relation to housing. And listen to the polite way that this British radio host just corners her, puts her into a corner and then allows her to politically slit her own wrists. Like very quietly, very casually and very politely. Things that we want, want to focus on here in terms of council housing, uh, we want to build 500,000 new social... And yes, she is an Australian. She has an Australian accent, unfortunately. Rent homes, that means council... Where will you get the money from for that? Well, what we want to do is fund that particularly from removing the tax relief um, on mortgage. <laughs> the, the, the dry British sarcasm, I love it. Oh, my, my word. Where would you get the money for that? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Hang on. I'll, I'll stop interrupting. Well, a couple of things that we want, want to focus on here. In terms of council housing, uh, we want to build 500,000 new social rent homes. That means council... Where would you get the money from for that? Well, what we want to do is fund that particularly from removing the tax relief um, on mortgage uh, interest for private landlords. We have a situation where private landlords private landlords <laughs> at the moment are, are, are you know, 
basically running away with a situation of hugely mm. rising rents. They're collecting mm. large amounts of housing benefit. But how, how much would that be worth, the mortgage relief for private landlords? Um, well, it, that's part of, a, of the whole costing of all of yeah, this. Yeah, but how much will that how bring? I mean, that, well, the cost of 500,000 homes, let's start with that. How much is that going to be? Right, well, that's, that's um, you've got, got a total cost um, that, we, that, that will be spilt out in a manifesto. So you don't know? No, well, <laughs> no you don't, right. So we don't know how much those homes are going to cost, <laughs> but the, the way it's going to be funded is mortgage relief from private landlords. How much is that worth? Right. Well, what, what what we're looking at in terms in terms of the, the figure oh, here, it's, not, do- it's um, not going well, is it? Natalie? What we, we need to do is actually uh, we're looking at a total spend of two point seven billion. Five hundred thousand homes. Two point seven. What are they made of? Plywood. Um, but basically, what we're talking about is five hundred thousand new homes. Five hundred thousand homes. For two point seven billion, what are they made of? Plywood. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, each one. Because she, she just pulled that number out of her ass. Uh, we're looking at a total spend of, uh, and she's just thinking, I have to come up with something. Uh, uh, two point seven billion. On spent on this brings back two pounds forty. Yeah, but what is the total cost of five hundred thousand homes? <laughs> um, it's about the cost of sixty thousand per home. 60,000. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what we're talking so about he's is, is doing the opportunity. The that, that can't include the land. Well, what we're talking about is what we want to see is, is the possibility of um, of homes being built. That, that's not much on. more than a large conservatory, 60,000 pounds. <laughs> so, so where's the land? How are you going to pay for the land? Right. Well, what, what we're looking at doing what is, we're looking is, at. is basically... <coughs> Are you all right? <laughs> sorry, all right? Like, as, you, as you can probably hear, I, I've got a, a huge co- oh, cold. I'm, I'm sick. Sorry it's to not hear that. Yep. Um, <laughs> as you can probably hear, I've, I do have a huge cold, and he's like, "Oh, I'm terribly sorry to hear that." <laughs> Love the way they go about it in the, in the British Isles. So a, a polite evisceration of a political candidate pre-election can't beat that stuff. I'll put that link in the. Um, in the show notes if you want to relive the magic of four years ago, Natalie Bennett. And I think she's still the Greens leader. I'm not sure. She might have stepped down by now. I'm not sure. I mean, after coming out and calling for the castration of all white men and that radio interview, only in Britain and possibly America could you continue to have a political career after that point. I just wanted to play a little flashback for you. Boris Johnson was previously the mayor of London before he came became a federal Tory MP. And I just want to give you another little flashback here of Boris Johnson blasting the London Assembly members after he was thrown out of a, of a council meeting. Check this out. When he Can was we mayor. Move to the vote. Do I see those in favour of moving to the next item on the agenda? Sixteen. Sixteen. Can I see those against? Eight. So that means then that we then um, thank the mayor for his attendance because the assembly uh, members have decided they have no questions to put to you. Are you saying they're abdicating their duty to scrutinise me? Are you saying they they haven't the guts to put questions to to me? (laughs) Great supine um, protoplasmic invertebrate jellies. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's an insult. You can get excited about things like Little Marco 
and crooked Hillary and sleepy eyes Chuck Todd. But wait until you hear Boris Johnson call somebody a supine protoplasmic invertebrate jelly. (laughs) Do you want to hear it again? Are you saying you ever got the guts to question me? They they haven't the guts to put questions to to me. Great supine um, protoplasmic invertebrate jellies. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They don't ask me any questions. We are now on to next business. You've been been cheated. Your 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 labour accomplices have failed in their... Mr Mayor, (laughs) Mr Mayor, thank you. Can I ask... Can I ask um, Sir Eddie and Martin if they would take a seat elsewhere? And thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yes, you are. That's it. That's it. Can I ask um, Assembly Bacon to... Um, I need to, need oh, to read only procedure notes. Yeah, yeah. Why? 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 Um, so this is it. Yeah. Which is it? Uh, oh, sorry, part C. Okay. Okay. Refusing no, to leave. We're now at part C. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Okay. So back when he was the mayor of London, the Labour Party actually had control of the council, despite him being mayor and him being a Tory. And this, you want to see the way the Labour Party works in London? They have him. They have the Mayor of London right there in front of them, and they refuse to ask him questions. They refuse to ask him questions, and quite rightly, he comes back and calls them. What was it? Supine protoplasmic invertebrate jellies. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Let me take you over to Russia for a moment. They're doubling down in Russia. We've done a couple of stories of what's happening over in Russia. Um, this reaches new heights, I believe. Brand spanking new tournament sees women slapping each other's bums until they fall over. In London, where they are banning bikini models on the sides of buses because it is sexist and misogynistic and wrong and promotes violence against women and all of those wonderful things, in Russia, they have bum slapping competitions. Look at that. This could go on all day. Come on, put a bit of effort into it. I think the white dress has got a better technique. She winds up. She's got a better stance, get more power into that shoulder. Don't give her time to rest. As you can see, it's very riveting television. The tournament, which took place on Monday, sees fitness fanatics turn out to put strength of their palms to the test. The winner is the first person to serve up a slap hard enough to knock their rival off balance. In a video of the event, two women begin by facing each other on the stage. One of the uh, participants is popular fitness blogger Anastasia Volataya, who is is sporting leather leggings. Her opponent begins by spanking her on the tush to a crowd of entertained spectators. 
Anastasia, who went on to be one of the winners of the competition, often fills her Instagram page with videos demonstrating her strict workout routines. There you go. So while in the Western world we are concerned deeply with misogyny and violence against women, in Russia they are concerned with obviously meddling in the United States election and getting attractive women up on stage to slap each other on the ass in some kind of faux sporting event. Isn't it wonderful? Speaking of Florida, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> undocumented workers fired from Trump properties to attend event rivaling Trump re-election launch. Look out, Mr. President. Look out, Mr. President. You're going to be fighting for newspaper space. Why? <laughs> Why? Ask RM Johns in chat. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why the hell not? A group of undocumented workers who were fired from President Trump's properties are planning to attend an immigration reform event rivaling President Trump's re-election campaign kickoff rally in Orlando, Florida on Tuesday. Gee. <clears throat> Gee. It's kind of like... I really feel sorry for the people who put on a TV show at the same time as the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So there's going to be a handful of undocumented workers holding their own event to rival. It's a very liberal use of that term, rival. President Trump's campaign launch rally in Florida. Imagine working at the local Orlando newsroom and not being sent to the president's re-election campaign rally, but instead being sent to the undocumented workers who hate Trump rally. Ah, ah, come on. Come on. Annie Ball Romero, a lawyer who represents the individuals, told USA Today that a press conference is being held in the city to advocate for immigration reform. The news outlet reported that Margarita Cruz, Cruz, and Adela Garcia, former housekeepers at Trump National Golf Club, Westchester and Whiston Blandon, a former dishwasher at the same club, are among the individuals who will attend the event. Star-studded lineup. Star-studded lineup. You don't want to miss this. Sandra Diaz and Victorina Morales, former housekeepers at Trump's club in Bedminster, New Jersey, are expected to be in attendance as well. USA Today reported. Sorry, I mispronounced it. It's New Jersey. These employees who work for Donald Trump represent hundreds of people who have worked for Donald Trump as undocumented immigrants, and it shows how the administration can easily vilify and demonize immigrants and yet has no problem hiring them. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure that when Donald Trump was hiring undocumented dishwashers at his Bedminster, New Jersey, establishment he him he personally himself was conducting the interview i'm sure i'm sure this is the what i'm sure this is what happened melania melania i know i've got a busy day today can you tell me what i've got yes donald you have a black tie event where you will be whining and dining with other billionaires and then you need to get on your private plane and fly to bedminster so you can interview victorina morales Who's, who's Victorina Morales, Melania? She is applying for the rob, uh, job of dishwasher at the club. Oh, absolutely. Got to get there. Got to conduct these interviews myself. The administration can easily vilify and demonize immigrants and yet has no problem hiring them. Does anybody really believe that? Not to worry. 
So I'm sure the president and all of his men and women are going to be terrified that this event is going to take the attention off their campaign re-election rally. Let's check it out. All right, this is all to announce his re-election campaign. The president's visit to downtown Orlando will affect traffic, parking, and security. Oh. Yeah, the Amway Center can hold around 20,000 people. However, we have been told more than 74,000 people RSVP'd for tickets. Thank you, Romero. Very cool. Some roads will close down for tomorrow's event, and already a downtown intersection is closed to traffic. New 6's Jerry Askin joins us live from there at Church Street and Division Avenue with the latest. Jerry. Yes, and you can already see, as you mentioned, right behind me, church and division streets here have already closed ahead of tomorrow's presidential visit. And we know tomorrow. Ah, ah, I thought they were closing the roads for the undocumented workers press conference. You know, you know that there is going to be an undocumented workers press conference tomorrow, right? Mr. Local News guy. I mean, are you trying to are you staying across all of the local news here, bro? You know, there is going to be a press conference with former employees of Donald Trump who are also undocumented workers. At the same time, it's going to be rivaling the campaign rally. They're going to be fighting for airspace. You're aware of that, aren't you? Are you going to have somebody down there covering this? I think the people deserve to know. Somebody's going to have to cover this press conference of undocumented workers that is rivaling the campaign rally of Donald Trump. Beginning at 9 a.m., even more roads will close, and the Secret Service, we found out today, could shut down even more roads and parts of I-4 tomorrow. The city of Orlando is gearing up for tomorrow's presidential visit. They're also getting ready for an influx of supporters and protesters. Thank President you, Sir Trump Cal. plans to launch his re-election campaign tomorrow at 8 p.m. at the Amway Center in downtown Orlando. The president tweeting out today that more than 100,000 people have already put in requests for tickets for the free event. But the Amway Center only seats 20,000 people. Ah. That means everyone else who has a ticket will go to an outdoor overflow area. Actually, I just... I just came up with a brilliant idea. Did anybody else see the news report earlier that had, I think it was 800 illegal immigrants stuffed into three semi-trailers? I think you call them tractor trailers. Is that what you call them? I don't know. Silly American words. But, you know, prime movers with a trailer on the back. And they stuffed 800 illegal immigrants into this thing. What Donald Trump should do, if they are so concerned with Donald Trump hiring undocumented workers and illegal immigrants... He should get himself a team of Mexican truck drivers to do crowd control at these events. If there is a capacity at a particular stadium of 20,000 people, you get a few Mexican people smugglers involved in the team, all of a sudden you can get 60,000 people in this sucker. Just like that. No, we get one guy, he lay down in the aisleway here. You another one, you sit on top of his head. We can get, we can get at least 2,000 people up here in the rafter. We can get 45,000 people hiding underneath the chairs. Nobody will even know. I mean, if you want to hire undocumented workers, at least get somebody who's useful. I'm sure we can find a dishwasher. I'm sure we can find somebody to press linen. I'm sure we can find somebody to sweep up. I'm sure we can find somebody to mop the floor and turn the beds and make the coffee. But can we find somebody to get 45,000 people into a stadium that has a capacity of only 20,000? That, my friends, is a much more difficult process.
As Trump prepares a roaring campaign kickoff, Bill Weld foregoes ahead with his low-key challenge. Foregoes. I'm an idiot. Forges. <laughs> Bill Weld forges ahead. I was. It was. It was my fault. Um, I was hit with such shock with the idea that Bill Weld is running. First of all, who the fuck's Bill Weld? And number two, thank God he's running. When President Trump formally kicks off his re-election bid before thousands of roaring supporters on a humid Tuesday night in Florida, his lone rival for the Republican nomination will be clinking glasses with friends and donors at a wealthy supporter's home in northwest Washington, and that's the way to endear yourself to the breast of the people, Mr. Weld. Mr. Weld! What a fantastic strategy! You know, Donald Trump can go out there and pretend like... Donald Trump likes to say that he's a man of the people and he may be going out there attending a rally with 100,000 people in attendance, but that doesn't necessarily say that he understands the concerns or that he speaks to the normal working class Republican. Now, I plan on launching my campaign with a nice Chardonnay and perhaps a Pinot Noir with some wealthy benefactors, lobbyists, and donors at one of my friend's houses. It's a mansion. You should see this place in Northwest Washington. Now, I understand the concerns of the undocumented workers. There will be many of them preparing hors d'oeuvres and parking the cars at this event. And I hope at some point Not to talk to them directly and certainly not touch them, but at least have somebody liaise between us so we can understand their concerns. We do our best to be one of the people here at the empathetic Republican Party. For former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld, it's just another day in the life of a campaign that has struggled mightily to gain traction in a party that is dominated and transfixed by Trump. Instead of arena rallies, most of Weld's weeks are filled with little notice trips to New Hampshire. (laughs) The first in the nation primary state, where he stops by diners and living rooms to meet with voters who might remember him when he was a neighbouring governor in the 1990s. Sure thing, bro. Good luck with that, brother. Mum, mum, there's a strange old white man at the door. Hello there, you might remember me from being the governor of some other state 25 years ago. Hmm. Oh, yes. Of course. Honey, get the shotgun. Get my gun. He would like to be the man on horseback, Weld said in an interview Monday where he called Trump an aspiring autocrat. His need for constant praise indicates a desire to have some kind of crowning. (laughs) His need for constant praise. Because what you don't need when you're running for president is popularity. Mr. Weld is onto it. Mr. Weld is some kind of genius, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump is completely obsessed with being popular. You don't need to be popular to run for president. Hell, you don't, people don't even have to know your bloody name to run for president. I'll show them. I'll show them. Right after this champagne. Mm, this is wonderful. Wonderful champagne. While those barbs have won hearty cheers from a cadre of prominent anti-Trump Republicans, 
a cadre <laughs> in Washington. Such a conservative, such as conservative commentator William Crystal. Bill Crystal's back, ladies and gentlemen. Peak Crystal. Remember the Republican commentator who said, have we reached peak Trump in the lead up in the campaign? There's no way that Trump can get elected every single week for about six months. Trump cannot win. He can. There's no possible way that he could win. We have reached peak Trump. Oh, the pussy grab tape. It's all over for Donald Trump. He's still out there. Bill Crystal. And I mean, if a man with the political nous and instincts of William Crystal, they're calling him William now for some fucking reason. It's Bill Crystal. If a man with that kind of nous and political acumen is throwing his lot in your campaign, then it can only be successful, I suspect. Well done, Bill Weld. The low-key campaign trips to New Hampshire and wine and clinking glasses in wealthy donors and lobbyist houses. Fantastic stuff from Mr. Weld. Uh, who saw this the other day? Indian man makes Trump his deity and he's worshipping it. Let's have a look. Now, India have their own problems when it comes to religion. Uh, they worship cows and whatnot. Some very strange beliefs in the Hindu world. I mean, you've got Ganesh. Ganesh is one. Who else? Um, there's a woman that's got like eight arms who has sex with everybody. There's a whole lot of shit going on in India when it comes to religion. But this might be the next level. <laughs> you can't see. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this picture. But there is a man who is praying before a, a mannequin of Donald Trump that he himself has made with what can only assume to be his family looking very confused in the background. <laughs> One of the children looks like they're about to burst into tears. Is this the Indian version of Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Do you remember that movie? Where the guy becomes obsessed with this rock where apparently the aliens are going to land and he can't stop painting it everywhere. He gets a pile of mashed potatoes and he has to do it in the shape of this rock, right? And the family becomes very confused and upset with the antics of the father because all he can think about is this rock all the time, constantly. And if you look at the kids in the background, one of them has their hand over their mouth going, Oh, my God. Bindu, don't forget about Ganesh. Ganesh loves you. Shut up, woman. I worship Trump now. I worship Donald Trump now. You heathen pig. <laughs> children, children, come stand next to daddy and pray before Donald Trump. But I don't want to. You will pray before Donald Trump or you will go to hell. But father, father, I do not want to pray to Donald Trump. <laughs> come and pray before your president. Father, I'm not even American. Shut up. Donald Trump will not tolerate this kind of insubordination. <laughs> Donald Trump is a very vengeful god. 
I am worshipping Trump exactly the same way I worship and offer puja to my deity. My reason for that is I like Trump very much. <laughs> well, <laughs> he says many people have called me mental and asked me if I have a problem. No, no. <laughs> I'm just worshipping Donald Trump. You've, you're the one with a problem. How could you not worship Donald Trump? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> to tell you what, to be honest, it is more appealing than the baby Trump blimp that was floating around 10 feet off the ground in London, being held onto by, count them, four ropes. That behemoth. It is, it is more appealing than that, to be fair. All of those people don't bother me at all. In this world, anybody can like anyone. I just love Trump. He spent around 2,000 US dollars on the statute. No wonder the family looks upset because that's probably like eight years worth of wages where he's from. Good job, sir. Well done. Tremendous effort. <laughs> He had already caught the attention of the media. Look at this. In 2018, for his worship of the US president. Thank you, Ravi. Very cool. Very cool, Ravi. All right. Let's take. Let's go to Florida. Let's take it to Florida. <clears throat> Thank you to uh, Amber and Ashley, who sent through these Florida man stories. What the fuck is going on in Florida ahead of Donald Trump? because we need to shine a light on what's happening in Florida right now. And just a reminder, if you want to jump on the show, talk about anything that we've spoken about today or any topic at all, just join the Discord and then jump into the waiting room and we'll get you on the show. Florida arrest... Florida police arrest man trying to have sex with a McDonald's railing. It's the happy young fellow there. A homeless Naples man is facing a trespassing charge after behaving erratically outside a McDonald's restaurant. According to the... It's a fantastic advertisement for McDonald's, isn't it? According to the Collier County Sheriff's Office, deputies responded to reports of a male taking his clothes off, dancing strangely at the restaurant on Ta, uh, Miami, Ta Miami Trail East near Bayshore Drive on Sunday evening. Witnesses believe the man must have been on drugs <laughs> and stated that it looked as though the male was trying to have relation trying to have relations with the railing. He looks like a very nice guy, doesn't he? But here's my question. You're at a McDonald's restaurant, right? Now, surely if you want to have sex with something, you're a homeless guy, you want to have sex with something, Go around the back, jump into the dumpster, and get some of the old food. Get yourself, how about this? Get yourself a fillet of fish sandwich. Get yourself a fish sandwich, man. A railing isn't going to be nice on your, you know, your man bits. There could be some kind of chafing. You might even cut yourself. Go around the back, dive into the dumpster, get yourself a fish sandwich. All of a sudden, you're, you've upped like the reality level tenfold at that point. And the best part is you can eat it afterwards. See, I would be a tremendous help to the homeless people. Dude, don't have sex with a pole. Have sex with a sandwich and then feed yourself after. Relations with a railing. Florida man steals 75 pool floats for sex. 
It's another good look at why. How the hell are what, what the hell is going on where all of these guys who want to have sex with inanimate objects in Florida, they're just so fucking handsome. Can anybody explain that to me? <laughs> Look at this guy. What a picture. Brevard County, Florida. A Florida man has been arrested and charged after the Palm Bay Police Department said he stole pool floats for sex instead of raping women. Oh, he's, cur- he's very courteous. He's a very courteous man. The Brevard Times reports Christopher Mon- Thank you for not raping me. Here's a pool noodle. Christopher Monnan, 35, was stopped on Thursday around 1.30am by Palm Bay Police for acting suspiciously. Police say Monnan had him with him a white garbage bag full of what he identified to police as deflated pool floats. According to the Brevard Times, Monnan admitted to police that he has burglarised several houses to steal pool floats and then led police to a vacant house where he had a stash of 75 pool floats. Monnan told authorities that he sexually gratifies himself with the pool floats instead of raping women. (laughs) Oh, well, you're free to go. (laughs) I've just just been informed that Trump has joined the Discord server. (laughs) Thank you for joining, Mr. Trump. Hello, Mr. President. (laughs) Seriously, Trump has joined the Discord. So isn't it very courteous? It is a logical alternative, isn't it? He should be thanked. He should get a medal. He should be he should be on the news. A hero is fighting against the rape of women. Christopher Monnan, 35, has, has come up with an ingenious way to help solve the rape problem in the United States. Christopher, tell us what you do. Well, I see I see here you I put my penis into the pool flow instead of the woman's. Oh, bravo. You're free to go. Can we get you down to the um the local school here to give a talk about respect for women? Yes, I, I believe I can do that. Christopher Monnan's foolproof way to avoid rape. Why isn't he giving lectures across the country? Apparently there's a whole raping problem at, you know, university campuses and whatnot. Have they even tried to come up with something? At least this guy's trying. <laughs> At least this guy's trying to do something about the rape issue. He's the hero the left deserves. General Eaton in the chat. (laughs) He is a hero. Well done, sir. Save a woman, ride a noodle, says Kimmy Jong-un. One more Florida man story here for you. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Father's Day has come and gone. So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Man arrested after killing father on Father's Day, police say. Oh, dear. And now to a disturbing murder arrest that happened in Miami. That's where a man is now charged with second-degree murder for the shooting death of his father on Father's Day. Wow. Local 10 News' Janine Stanwood has more now from that scene. And police say that son was arrested right here at the corner of Northwest 2nd Avenue and 58th Street. Well, I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened before. You know, Jesus was killed on Easter, so these kinds of things happen on, you know, the most awkward days possible. The family tonight too distraught, too disturbed to talk to us. Mr. Sankers, good afternoon, sir. You're being charged uh, with second degree murder. This is the man cops say killed his own father and did it on Father's Day. It was Sunday night in this Miami neighborhood 
Witnesses say 21-year-old Marcus Sakers got into a fight with his 60-year-old father. But then the argument escalated. Things got physical. Both dad and son duking it out, police say, while neighbors tried to break it up. That's when they hear gunshots. Jesus. According to the arrest report, dad, identified as 60-year-old Fidel Peak, rolled over on the ground and stated, you shot me before losing consciousness. Shots. Investigators say Sakers ran off, but would be discovered this morning in this area just blocks away. Records show Saker's father filed a restraining order against him in 2014. One neighbor told us off camera father and son could never see eye to eye and it was a contentious relationship. Now the family is... You don't say. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. So, I mean, if you're out there and you've got, you know... If you've got some kind of family issue and perhaps Father's Day wasn't the happiest day for you, you know, maybe you were sitting at home alone, the kids won't call, they don't like me. Just, just try to remember that somewhere else, probably in Florida, <laughs> another guy is shooting his dad dead on Father's Day. Jesus Christ. The hell is wrong with these people? The hell is wrong with these people? Anyway, on that happy note, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are back. We are back and ready to roll. We are going hard once again. Nobody wanted to call in, so we'll end it there for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow around 11 p.m. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for remembering where we are. And how could you not know where we are? I mean, we're on YouTube, Periscope, DLive, BitChute, stream, uh, no, not stream.me anymore. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Podbean, iTunes, Last Player FM, iHeartRadio. You can't miss it. We are the herpes of the internet. And once you catch it, it's with you forever. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to wish me a happy Father's Day, then put the fucking gun away first. And follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, 11pm. Stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. If you'd like us to do a little review of the Trump rally tomorrow, then let me know either in the Discord or on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Actually, we might review the undocumented workers' press conference because nobody's going to be fucking talking about that, right? That's how you stay original. All right, guys. 
Till tomorrow. See you then. Have a good night. Bye-bye.